0: Welcome to Pikesville Podcast's first episode. I'm your host, Erish De Silva, an 11th grader at Pikesville High School. We're thankful to have you here with us today and we're very excited to share with you several different topics that we hope you'll enjoy. Let us join Wakira Parson and Gabriella Feinberg, accompanied by Vernia McMichaels, as they discuss the tragic death of Bader ginsburg COVID 19, and its effects on everyone's life, including their own.
1: Welcome to Tough Talk. Uh this is a segment by Wakira and I. Um it's this is Each month, we will be talking about the most important events during the month that really impact society, our country, the environment, and so forth. So, today, the two topics that we really wanted to discuss are COVID-19 and the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, Wakira, if you have some starting questions, I'm going to leave it to you.
2: Give a basis. How much do you know about um, Ruth Bader? So um, before this, I didn't know much about her.
3: I knew that she was a judge, I believe, um, but I did some research and um, I, ca- I came up with, she was the second woman to sit on the bench of the United States Supreme Court and she fought for like gender equality and um, she wanted to eliminate gender-based stereotyping typing in legislation and regulations She um, fought for gender equality, women's rights and civil rights. So.
1: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to make that transition to there. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she was definitely a big leader within civil rights and women's rights. And there's a possibility that from her death, there's going to be a vote in of a more conservative judge. And I wanted to ask you, since you are a woman of color, how do you think that's going to affect you further in life down the road if a more conservative judge comes into place? And how do you think that will affect your civil rights?
3: Um, I think that being a woman, being a Black woman, or just being Black in the United States right now is a very, I don't want to say a sensitive subject, but I want to say it's, it's hard. Um, it's hard to have a voice. It's hard to be heard. It's hard to be taken seriously. And I feel like with Ruth Gator Benz, G- oh, Ruth, I
2: forgot how to say
3: her. Ruth Beta Ginsberg.
2: <laughs> I'm so sad. With Ruth Beta Ginsberg. You can just say oh, RPG yeah. if you don't want to like say her full name all the time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. With her, she
3: um definitely played a big part in where we are today. And I feel like what she's done can't be erased. What she's done already can't be taken back. I feel like. Or, I hope that going forward, is only up from here. Um, but it's very scared. I'm very scared. I'm anxious. I have nerves about the whole thing.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, my next question was well, it's kind of add on to her question. I feel like, how do you feel like how different our society would be if she never even took on that position into um, being a Supreme Court just, um, judge?
3: Um, I I think it would be a lot
2: harder. Like,
3: like I said, today, it's hard. It's still hard being a Black woman. It's still hard being a woman. It's still hard being taken seriously, having a voice and all that. And I feel like if she didn't do the things that she did, it would be a lot harder. It'd be probably worse, I want to say. It'd be a lot worse.
1: So one of the biggest precedents that she was able to put forth was Roe v. Wade, which um, if the audience isn't familiar, it's the president to have a right to an abortion. So I wanted to ask your opinion on that specifically, because there could be a possible nomination and a um, and a placement of a conservative judge. What are your thoughts on the possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade or just um, people having the ability to put in stricter and a lot more controlling laws about abortion rights? Um,
3: I feel like this conversation is kind of similar to like pro-life, pro-choice. I feel like just that whole topic is very scary because abortion is very, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's like you, I feel like you should be able to have a choice with what you do with your body. You should be able to have a choice in order of, if you want a child, if you don't. And I feel like in some circumstances, there's, you, you like, if you're raped, right, you don't want to have a child. Like, that's, you don't want that. And um I feel like it's all scary. I keep saying it's all scary, but it is. It's all scary. And I just, I'm just hoping that things are done correctly and they're done with the right intentions behind it. And I hope that it, every, you keep an open mind, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: I don't know, I think I failed that question. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I get the premises of what you're trying to say. Um, I feel as though, I'm the interviewer, but I, I wanna add my own commentary on this. I feel as though, um, uh, if there was a more conservative judge going into the position, along with being a woman and then being black, which is, hot, not to say in a bad way, but we are the lowest, on like the social class, not that much anymore, but definitely back then. Cause you know, just, that's just how it was that how um, everything was back then. But I'm glad times are changing and we're definitely able to make more decisions about ourselves and what we want to do in our lives and stuff like that. But come in with another probably white male and then being conservative, he's definitely not gonna have the open mindset that women should have the rights to their bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, not saying that's everybody that's in conservative, but it definitely is more of um, the way they're leaning is more those type of um, ideas and ideologies of different of what people or women are allowed to do with their bodies and things like that. So I think it can get very scary very quickly. Just like in some states, um, I saw something, I don't want to say anything that's like wrong, but so I'm just going to say that, but it definitely could be like, detrimental to the work that people before, ha- before us have done to give us the rights that we even have today. So I, can, I think it will be like something to think about. And that's why we need to be like very careful when it comes to who we elect. When not really, we get the chance to elect them, but just making sure that we keep, we look at like the politics that's going on and definitely make sure that we have our, put our own input in to try to change as much as we can
1: yeah, going back on that, um, I'm also gonna add a little bit of comment. I was talking to um, my mother actually about um, the premise of abortion the other day, and just how how it has come to be a political decision to do something or control what a woman can do with her body, and on the premise of childbirth, because. A lot of the things that um, that bother me about the possible like restrictions on abortion are that the only thing that women are asking for is a choice. I kind of quoted this thing um, from Michael Che. He's a he's a comedian from SNL. He did a special on um, just him and Black Lives Matter, and one of the things he said is like, you know, we're not really asking for much. We're just asking that they just matter you know we're not really asking like we don't even have to ask or we're not even trying to ask like oh they're they're like we have all these equal rights we're right just asking that we matter right now and i feel like that's the same for women and their rights for doing what they want for their body we just want a choice because most women they they really don't want to have want to have the choice to do like not they don't want to have the choice they don't want to make the choice of an abortion because of how emotionally tiring and just absolutely terrible it is to make the choice of having an abortion. They want the choice to possibly have it because, you know, just if, if the circumstances are wrong, they can't raise a child, you know, it, it did happen out of rape and it or just, you know, you can't provide. Why would you bring a kid into a world where they could be in a corrupt system, especially the fostering care? adopted into a family with really poor values you know people and also people who can't support it or could become you know a victim of abuse or violence or just anything like that so having to make the the decision of an abortion is very just emotionally it, it, it takes a lot and you know most women when they do get pregnant they don't they don't have abortions and i feel like a lot of the people when we do discuss this topic it's like oh if they want abortions they're gonna have abortions all the time no what we want is a choice so if that ever were to happen we are able to make the choice for the betterment of the future because we're not we, we can't think of the now we have to think of the future and what could happen to other people and what they could be victims of and Instead, people are focusing on how, you know, it could be like an epidemic of abortions, which is not what we're trying to go for. So I think the biggest thing is that we need to focus on like just having a choice within that. Um, And that's what I wanted to say on that. Uh, Another question (laughs) about um, RBG and just, you know, society in general and how things could change um, from her death and like a replacement of the position how do you think the political climate could change or just the governmental system could change um I personally I feel like since she did focus so much
3: on gender equality and you know the everything that she did I feel like it was so important and I hope that the government doesn't forget that I hope the whole political party doesn't forget that and I hope that they don't try to because she brought so much awareness or light to the issues that were happening, I hope that they don't forget what they, what's going, what she did, or how she, how big the problems are. If that makes sense.
2: And also, um, I feel like they're moving too fast. Too. I know that we need to have all the Supreme Court justices, um, judges, and stuff like that, but I feel like they didn't really, they did acknowledge her death a lot. Obviously, but they're like, okay, who's gonna replace her you know they like they're so quick about doing that and I think it's like taken away about the actual impact that she had on the society and like what people um, what she stands for to a lot of people and I want to touch on that she didn't only obviously we keep saying like um gender equality, but she definitely did cases on um, setting up for men too like it's just one case when his um this I forgot the case name so I'm sorry about that but um, this man's wife died, and then he couldn't get this social security like um, grants or something like that because he was a male and it was a woman's thing. So, like, they couldn't, they weren't, they weren't, they wasn't going to give it to him. So, she took up that case, and I think she won it. I think she won it. So, I just want to point out that she's definitely like, she's not only pro woman, everything got to be like, ugh, you know, she was really like gender equality, and she wanted to make sure that everyone globally and like, all around got what they needed and everybody was on the same the same level and no one's on a pedestal than the other gender um i definitely had a question and then <laughs> i forgot I'm sorry so gabby if you want to take it
1: i think this will be my last question in regards to uh, ruth bader ginsburg um so she was a big activist for affirmative action um mostly because she was w- one of the first women to be accepted into harvard um university and because she was also a jewish woman and i can relate to that as well as being a jewish woman and you know n- not as much as you guys but jews are like are, are very discriminated against and could be you know held back from some opportunities within countries this country and other countries in general um and you of course have probably experienced where you have been held back from opportunities because of the color of your skin for no no reason other than that. So on the sense of affirmative action, if there was anything to possibly control that or like repeal that act or possibly like reform it so there's less chance for you to maybe get your foot into the door and they're able to maybe put more um, of a demographic of white people or like white men, white women, people who have maybe more power. What are your feelings on that or impossible change like a, with a possible change in affirmative action?
0: Um,
3: so what are, I think you're asking, how would I feel if there were more people that didn't look like me in charge of affirmative action? Is, is that the question?
1: The question is, um, more along the lines of if affirmative action is changed and you weren't able to have more of an opportunity to get into the schools that you want to get into and to get the education you want to, you know, like, what are your thoughts on that, if, if that is a possibility?
3: Um, that would be very, I would be pretty upset. I feel like I'd be pretty upset because um, like you said, with you being a Jewish woman and how, you know, there can be, a dis- you can be discriminated against or you can be kind of pushed back or set back or pushed to the side. I feel like it's the same thing with being black in America. Um, most times I feel overlooked. I feel like my voice isn't heard. Um, I feel like my voice isn't respected. I don't feel respected all the time. Um, and I feel like that would just be another another bridge or another boundary or something that I would have to jump over. And it would be, it would take a lot of work and I'm not saying that it can't be done, but I'm saying that would, that would just, it would be wrong. I wouldn't appreciate that. And I would feel like, I just feel like I have to work 10 times harder.
2: Okay. Well, I didn't have any more questions about RBG. I couldn't remember the last one I had. So I think where we can start to transition to our next part, which we wanted to do about COVID. So, I mean, this is kind of a general question and probably tired of hearing it, but so far, how has COVID affected your life?
3: Um, so coronavirus has affected my life in, um, a bunch of aspects. I want to say, first off, um, the person that I feel like I was when I was in school, or just, no, let me go back, um, who I was <laughs> in school and the, where, where I was mentally, um, I feel like being home and being in my own space and being comfortable kind of forced me to become comfortable with myself. It forced me to be able to, um, um, be okay with being alone, and it, at times it was a little depressing, but it forced me to be okay with being alone. It forced me to be okay with who I am, um, and kind of just get to know myself, and from a educational aspect or a school aspect, I had to, I was able to find out what worked for me, how I like to work. I was able to put my own schedule, kind of teach myself some of the things that the school system hasn't taught me, and then um, going into Who I am now, like I said, I've had a lot of emotional growth, um, spiritual growth, mental growth, all of that. I was able to kind of tap into myself and figure out what I liked, what I didn't like, what I stood for. And um, overall, yeah, it's a pandemic, but I kind of appreciate it. I look at it like a blessing in disguise a little bit because I wouldn't be the person that I am now if it wasn't for that. Yeah,
1: I'll back up off of that. I definitely think... Although I've had a lot of negatives within this. And I think the biggest problem is that we all really focus on the negatives with this whole coronavirus quarantine and like being stuck and not being able to see people as much. There have definitely been a lot of setbacks within these past few months, especially from going from school to online school and being stuck at home and just a lot of, I feel sometimes trapped in a sense, but through this whole process, I think just like you, I've been able to grow a lot as a person. And I definitely think that it's good that you're focusing on the positives, which is something that I'm trying to do a lot more now. Um, But definitely just like thinking about how I've been able to mature so much more and be able to not necessarily experience, but like learn how to experience things better and learn how to cope with things a lot better and just be more understanding of, you know, the privilege that I have to be, to be in a house and to be and to have the access to food and water and, and safety when a lot of people during this didn't. And, you know, that is definitely amazing. And just also growing mentally, you know, being more secure with myself and being more confident and just having a lot of time to think about who I want to be better throughout the years. So I, I definitely agree with you on that.
2: I want to add on too. I think I had a lot of spiritual growth throughout this whole pandemic and I'm glad I'm fortunate. I don't think anybody in here has lost anybody to COVID. So I think that's like something, you know, because a lot of families have, this has been like a traumatic event for them. So I definitely want to speak up for them too. And it's not, definitely has not only been positive things, but right now we're just trying to focus on the good things that have came out of it. Um, I feel as though it allowed me to really be comfortable with myself, just like you said, and just to sit and really figure out who I am as a person, and even get some of my goals in order that I want to be and who I want to become, and yeah, <laughs> start and start, um, you know, looking forward to the the better things in life, and just remembering, like, this is not going to be something that's going to happen forever, and um, it might impact our society in different ways and forever, but this, the pandemic itself will not always be around, so there's definitely something to uh, look forward to.
1: Yeah, and um, just going off of how you've been impacted, what are um the biggest things that you've learned during this or the the greatest things that have really like impacted you and impacted your change?
3: Um one thing that I've learned is well when, yeah, so I wanna kinda touch on the the all the riots and like all the things that are going on in the media and stuff. Um I feel like the pandemic before Like, I already knew that about some deaths and some injustices with Black people, but I feel like because just being by myself and being able to kind of be away from people and other people's opinions, I was able to form my own opinion and form my own way of thinking, like, okay, this is wrong. Why is this wrong? And I was able to kind of educate myself, like, I was able to educate myself with rgb um who we were just talking about and um you know just kind of being able to form my own opinion form my own thought process educate myself about some things that the school system didn't teach me um so yeah i I hope i answered that i think i answered the question
2: (laughs) um yeah because you feel like um when you're around high school i feel like everybody's opinions or thoughts are just being thrown at you and you don't really um, have the well, most a lot of people do, but like some people, it's really an inability to be able to create their own like mindset of who they really are, and they're always being peer pressured or like not really peer pressured, but they're always being influenced by other people and um, everything that they believe. So I think it was very good to be able to start to create your own um, atmosphere, which you really believe in, and your mindsets and stuff like that. Um, I know we're talking about COVID right now, but the mix of covid and the black lives matter thing what is your more in-depth opinion about that um i think that well first just
3: talking from covid um i read that you know some black people or just minorities period like when given the um when given resources like if you're diagnosed with covid you're more likely to be like pushed away or not really considered as a um as a priority, you're not prioritized. Um, and then Black Lives Matter, I feel like, you know, the the protests and stuff, I feel like the cause is great, but we are in a pandemic and not everybody is able to go out and protest. So I feel like it's very important to still find a way to make your voice heard, find a way to educate yourself, find a way to support the people that are protesting and still be able to stand up for the injustices not necessarily protesting, but getting your voice out there, writing messages, um, donating, all those types of things.
1: This is not necessarily a question, but more of a comment um, along the lines of like having your voice heard and like speaking out about injustice during COVID. Uh, the biggest reason I like wanted to do this segment is so that there is a peaceful discord, a place where people can talk about their opinions, whatever opinions they have in a way that we can empathize and talk about you know how we interpret things what could be wrong what could be right and and i want to hear your thoughts on this as i say this i feel like a lot of the time you should absolutely speak out about discrimination racism homophobia transphobia all of the phobias (laughs) like anti-semitism all that jazz all the discrimination that just is not needed not purposeful just completely ridiculous to have for a person person, but I feel like, and I don't know if it's just me, our generation is very toxic in the way that they speak out and the way that they have conversation with other people. I've just noticed a lot on social media, if someone has a different opinion than you, instead of just having a conversation with them, and you know, you don't even have to respect their ideas, just respecting the conversation and being civil, and instead of just trying to say, okay, this is my point. This is why I disagree with you. And this is why you could have a very wrong interpretation of what's having happen- what's happening. But instead there's a lot of uh, a lot of aggression, a lot of passive aggression.
2: Yeah. It and- personal attacks versus like the actual conversation that was at hand. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. A lot of attacks like posting someone's social media so that people can go harass them. I feel like that is the worst way of handling this early speaking out. And I feel like a lot of people think that they're helping when they do that. So I really wanted to hear not just your opinion, but also Akira's opinion on that. Do you think it's helpful when people say like, oh, this person is like saying this and that and the third, you know, go go attack them. Go go say all of your all of your you know, things and like, and like, make sure that they understand. Like, do you think that's a good way or like a way that people should be like contacted? Or like, what do you think is the best way to talk to people and speak up?
3: Um, I feel like first, I want to say nobody deserves to be attacked based off of their opinion or how they feel. I feel like you're entitled to having your opinion, but I also feel like it goes both ways. I feel like the way you present your opinion can also be the way someone comes at you. Um, but like I said, nobody deserves to be attacked. Um, I feel like, I wanna say this cancel culture that we have, I feel like people are so quick to cancel somebody based off of how they feel or not how they feel, but the way that they think. And I feel like, um, you know, we're all gonna have different opinions. And I feel like it should more so be about trying to educate the person. It should be about trying to, okay, well, It's kind of like in English, or like when you're writing an essay, you have to find your claim, your evidence, and your reasoning, and all that. You have to present your claim, present them with factual evidence, things that have happened, um, and just kind of once you get your point across, once you get like I told you everything that I said, and anything else that comes after that, it should not be an attack based off of the person, how they look, anything. It shouldn't be. I feel like you just shouldn't attack people. Just get your point across, be kind, and move forward.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with her. I think the, I think that some people think when they're doing that, they're actually like um trying to make a difference, and some people are just informing other people like, okay, this person thinks that in the third, and maybe you shouldn't um represent that company or that name, or if it's like a company or something like that, maybe you shouldn't like do some um be involved with them as much, or even try to like uh, educate them on why you. Th- personally think their opinion is wrong because we all have different opinions. And of course, the opposing opinion you're gonna think is wrong. Um, obviously, certain things are clearly morally wrong. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a difference from educating someone and then just personally attacking them and not really getting anywhere because in an argument, once you're like both just yelling at each other and just um, being hateful and spiteful, you're really defeating the purpose of like the point you're trying to get across. They're no longer listening. They're just trying to defend themselves.
1: Um, And going on to maybe a less serious topic about COVID. um, Like one of my last questions is kind of like, how, how do you think you wanna move forward through this school year, through this pandemic? How do you think you want to keep evolving and keep learning about what's happening Just in general, what are your plans for the future? And that will be my concluding question for this.
3: Um, So throughout the whole break that we've been on from school, I've gotten into a bunch of new things. I picked up painting, I watch poetry, I try to write poetry. Um, So I feel like I definitely want to continue to do that. I'm trying to teach myself how to sew. I got a sewing machine back there. (laughs) Um, But I definitely want to continue to try to learn new things and teach myself new things. And as far as my schoolwork goes, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what works for me. I'm definitely not a virtual learner. I have to be in present. You have to show me. You got to write it out. You got to come sit by and make sure I'm doing it correctly. So I'm hoping that, um, but surprisingly, my grades are really good right now. So I'm praying that keeps going. But um, I'm just trying to make sure that I have a schedule that works for me and I dedicate time out side of school to like go on youtube and watch some videos get some extra help so that my grades can stay up and i can get have a good gpa and then go to college and then do what i need to do (laughs) um but yeah just make sure i'm trying new things and making sure that i'm staying ahead of my studies Uh,
2: (laughs) um my conclusion question was like how comfortable would you guys be going back to school with all this happening because i don't know how soon it's going to be but i know they are looking forward. Um, trying to see that in the future, so just I know that I'm not a virtual learner, but at the same time, I know that it probably isn't as safe to go back to school. But at the same time, I need to get out the house, so I need to. <laughs> so I definitely feel I don't know. I feel like I'm on. I'm like iffy about it. So I just want to know you guys' opinion on it. Um. So I'm torn because I'm
3: not a virtual learner, but I don't want to go back to school because I'm. I've been in this bubble and I'm so comfortable. Um. But I don't think it would be safe to go back to school just based off of like sometimes we don't have soap in the bathroom. So we're in a pandemic. How are we going how are we going to keep our hands clean or make sure and then kids play too much. So you weren't mask, mad,
2: somebody taking <laughs> You know like the younger kids, they gonna switch masks and come home yeah. with different masks on and stuff like that. I yeah. can like easily turn into something bad. Exactly. Um I'm not comfortable with going back to school right like, now. That's
3: just not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Honestly, it's the same for me because there have been too many events during this uh, summer break that have, I feel, caused a lot of transfer of germs and just in general possible transfer of COVID. I mean, my sister, most of the people she knows have gotten, have or have gotten COVID. And if I'm going into a school environment, although I feel like I learn so much better within the school environment students are wild (laughs) when they're not at school um just in general i just feel like some people aren't taking it as serious or as um as much of a health risk as others and they don't understand that people people our age have actually died from this and a lot of people are going like hot YOLO. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I don't care. If I'm only living once, I'm going to live a good long time, not a short long time. So I definitely think that for now, I it's better in safety and health to be in virtual learning. But when there's definitely safer conditions where there isn't you know, an increase in COVID every day, which still happens, and there's more of like a decrease in cases, and there's a lot more stability, and people aren't making very interesting decisions with how they spend their time, then I think that we should stay for sure.
2: Yeah, even when we go back, um, I wonder how, because some people are asymptomatic, which just means they have it, but they don't show any signs. So how how would we know? Unless they make every everybody in the entire Parksville High School take a COVID test, and even after that, they can still contract it and then go to school, not know they have it, and then spread it. So I don't know; it could just easily easily turn bad. Like, but I don't know. I just feel like it's gonna be a long time before we can even like t- go out and like trust. I don't think we're really gonna trust the out, not trust the outdoors. But you know what I'm trying to say, like um really like be comfortable as we were but I think a lot of good things have come out out of it too because now people are more self-aware of their germs and like being healthy and hygienic because a lot of people hate to say it don't are yeah (laughs) but (laughs) they're not. they need to do better on it so I think um during this pandemic it definitely turned more attention to it and more like people focusing and doing better with it so I think that's a good thing
1: Yeah, Um, (laughs) and I think that concludes this segment of Tough Talk. Thank you so much, Vernaya, for joining us for our first episode. Round of applause to you, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, of course. And we'd love to have you back at any time. So, um, Wakira. Please
2: say your goodbyes. Yeah, so I was going to say the thing, same thing. Thank you for coming. Um, if you want to just, you know, when we have different talks, just sit in here and add your commentary too. That would be lovely. Um, I think you were a great guest. So I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> so I know I'm just thankful that you, that you actually came and participated. And um, this is our first one, so things felt a little rocky. Apologize. we'll do better and we hope to see you again
1: No, this is great this is great i'm so proud of y'all okay (laughs) Okay. well that's all i have right that's it for talk talk all right i'll see you
0: Let's listen to Alina Krainovich as she reads a piece of poetry that she herself...
4: Can Hello, everyone. My name is Alina Krainovich, and I'm currently a senior at Pikesville High School and a member of the Pikesville Podcast. So I recently published a poetry book called As I See It to Amazon, and I quickly wanted to read one of my poems that feels pretty pertinent to society today. So it is called As I See Society, a generation of distracted living. With a brief sigh to the sky for air, the climate of emotion is unforgiving. We are a generation of distracted care. We are thought to be mindless, but be surprised at the finds in the midst of hearts that are only kind. But then you wonder about their grind. Are they good people because that is their design, or really because they seek to be outlined? A generation of success, yet disinclined. We dig deep for our hearts and happiness to unwind. We are a generation void of peace of mind. The tremulous world will leave us behind if we do not sprint to keep pace with its redesign. So I wrote that poem as social commentary on specifically college admissions. So I wish all the seniors who are currently applying to college luck. And I hope everyone reads a book or a poem this week because it makes your world infinitely bigger. All right. Have a good day, everyone.
0: Join us as Ben Matz hits us with five fast facts.
5: It's Ben, and I'm here with you guys today for your five fast facts. Number one is that if you were to remove all of the empty space from the atoms that make up every human on Earth, the entire world population could fit into an apple. Number two is that there are a total of two escalators in the entire state of Wyoming, both located in the same city of Casper. Number three is that Hawaiian pizza was not, in fact, invented in Hawaii, but rather in Ontario, Canada, by a Greek man. Number four is that three of the first five presidents, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe, all died on July 4th, the same day of American independence. And number five is that the Spanish word for spouse is the same as the Spanish word for handcuffs.
1: <coughs>
0: To keep updated on upcoming episodes, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Pikesville Podcast. That's Pikesville, P-A-W-D-C-A-S-T. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast apps. Make sure to send a message to Mr. Smith at gsmith6 at bcps.org if you want to be a part of the podcast team or be a guest on a future podcast. Join us as Ben Matz interviews one of Pikesell's very own finest teachers, Mr. Lambert, about his life outside of teaching.
5: I'm here with Mr. Lambert today, and we're going to be discussing his life and just talking to him about what he loves to do outside of school and who he is. Um, so nice to have you here.
6: Yeah, what to do, baby.
5: Um, so I know that you're super into social justice mm. and super super conscientious in that way. So like, what type of stuff have you done in, with that?
6: Yeah. Um, doing things. I think the the biggest work that I do is I've mentioned to you before um, is working with um, an ed access program in the city called Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what Bridges does, it's a comprehensive program from four to 12 um, and even offers service, services for when kids get into college. Um, and it's there to help provide academic support and access to 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 different educational things in addition to other uh cultural things for students that may not have access to it that would be generally underserved. Um friend of mine growing up, he went to St. Paul's, very good friend of mine. Um, and uh he's in my wedding, I'm in his. And um played baseball with and everything growing up. He mm-hmm. he's what you have to do at some of the parochial schools around here. you have to do either a service project or you have to do some sort of service right as part of like rather than we do service learning like you got to do some sort of service so um, the bridges program got started at st paul's in the early 90s and he like he went to st paul's for his entire educational career um up until college and then so he was always working with bridges in the summers and and that sort of thing so i went across um uh after uh, after I graduated college, I was in grad school, and he came back. and His first job was working as uh, the middle school director uh, for Bridges at St. Paul's. Um, the campus I work at the Bridges at Gilman campus, and that kind of got started around that same time. Um, and I was around for some events because uh, I was kind of we were kind of living together, right? He was uh, he had a spare bedroom I was living in. Um, every now and again and we are coaching 10 year olds and stuff like that and and having fun and um, so I was around for some of the events like there's a kickball tournament every year we do for for fundraising a few other things throughout the year there's usually a holiday uh, something or other um, around Christmas time and um, just got involved with the events there moved across the bridge couldn't really keep doing that stuff Um, and when I was coming back I was like, I I knew there was always a summer program. That's the big highlight and the big focus of it. Right. So when I came back across the bridge, um, I talked and uh, reached out to a few people there. Um, Colin gave me the good numbers to talk to. I was like, hey, you know, I've done some stuff with you guys in the past as far as fundraising and stuff. Super love to be involved uh, and help out. Um, And so they found out and there's a position for me. And um, in the summer, summer programs in the past when we were like in person, um, I always, like, I was the, uh, I was the, basically the gym teacher and I would just go play games. Yeah. It was super fun. <laughs> so I'd show up and we'd play games and stuff. And like, I tried, I tried like different games here and there. And um, the boss for Bridges of Gilman, his name is uh, Ned Harris. Uh, super great dude. He's, um, I think he was the department chair at Gilman. He still works at Gilman though. And um, so he, uh, so he, um, he's like, yeah, try to even do this, that third. I'm like, all right, cool. Great. Whatever. And really just what. You know, any middle school age child wants to do is just play dodgeball all day. So <laughs> we, we just play games and, and do that sort of thing. Um, but the big highlight outside of doing all that stuff is there to help support out. So I would always, uh, I you know, show up to work, help out throughout the day, um, helping out in educational places, uh, do field trips once a week. So bring kids uh, around the region, doing different things and exposing them to things. Um, bringing kids to art museums, bringing to colleges, um, going to parks and doing like Outward Bound. We go to Outward Bound every year doing stuff like that um so my involvement there has really been the biggest thing and the most consistent thing there's stuff throughout the year that i always shout out with them at and help them out with um one of my really good friends uh who runs the elementary program at, at gilman now um he uh he and i helped develop a saturday program um for fourth graders um like the kids knew linda bridges so we can assess skill and then figure out all right cool how can we help these kids and help them you know progress mm-hmm. and succeed through Gil- uh, through bridges and stuff so uh, in addition to like having those conversations that you need to have with family and friends, and holding holding people accountable, and trying to make sure that uh, trying to make sure that you're having the right conversations, that you're you're handling these issues and talking about these issues with um, the amount of tax that needs to be had. You know? Yeah, and
5: it's so important in this climate right now, where we're all kind of stuck in our own bubble. Yet we need yeah. to go outside of our bubble and yeah. break this bubble to be involved because there's so much reckoning happening right now in the country. That yeah. it's kind of like a juxtaposition.
6: Oh yeah. hundred percent. And so like, you know, that's the biggest thing I do if we're going to look at like performative gestures, like I, I, I'm doing my work there is not performative, but it's, it's something I definitely enjoy doing. I love working for that program. Um, and helping, like helping out with that and helping out so many kids there has just been fantastic. Um, but then yeah, it's the, doing the small things too, or things in, in my estimation too, where it matters, right? Like, What's interesting and where I find, like, do, we had book studies for, uh, for school and stuff this summer. We were talking about these things. And one of the things that I've always felt very important to be able to say is to, like, when, when I enter these conversations is to recognize, like, look, like, this entire system was designed to benefit people that look like me. Mm-hmm. And, like, to deny that would be silly and it would be not helpful to what the entire conversation is, is, is surrounded by so recognizing and, and putting that forward and then using that privilege to be able to drive conversation to recognize and be like look well yeah it was and that's super not right that's not how this whole thing's supposed to be set up um it leads to definitely interesting conversations and sometimes heated conversations like i've had those death flu with my parents um right and, and and other family members um and they're never fun to have but they're the right thing to have right and especially if you're able to handle them appropriately and and see the conversation through you know it's 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 super important to do right like i had one with my dad a couple weeks ago he was talking about somebody he was like you know i find that silly i find that interesting that he says that he says this that and the third that you know he's very much a socialist or this that and the third and you know he still works for a big multinational corporation I was like well dad you know i said it in the wrong way first and you know you address it you figure out come back to him just kind of comes to the point of like yeah well you know he lives in society too you don't necessarily get to you know select the conditions in which you are brought into mm-hmm. it's it's working through that so um so yeah th- i guess that's a really long-winded answer to <laughs> give right. you for yeah like the um the the work with bridges is is big stuff and then the small it's doing the smaller things every right. day that create a bigger input and impact than i think you recognize too, right
5: so. which by the way you went across you came back across the bridge to get involved with bridges there's some poetic beauty in that <laughs> there
6: so. is yeah, that bridge. Oh man, like, I love this. I love this shore, but that bridge is falling down, man. Um. Really? Oh, and then um, just, just a. And I was doing stuff as well for um. Uh, my best friend across the bridge. I lived with him. His name's Kendrick. I have mentioned him to you guys in class before. Um, he and his he and his family started a um a foundation called BAM, building African American minds and helping out kids in the midshore. Um, doing a similar sort of thing as uh, as bridges.
5: Right, wow. and the demographics over there are much different than here, right?
6: Yeah, and so then you start to see, you start to see, and you get, high, like, you highlight racism in a completely different context. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's, it's, I mean, it's startling, right? Like, you know, talking with, like, driving down the street, and I never had this experience with him. I definitely had this experience driving with him where people are looking at me funny simply because... I'm a white man' driving with a black man in a rural right. area, and it's that just doesn't compute in their head, right? like they definitely thought that we were we were a homosexual couple and like I bought the house and we moved in together because that's just outside of you know the worldview yeah. right um, like this lady asked me one time I'm walking back in the house after like after work one day or something like that and like, oh you guys, you and your you and your uh your partner have done a nice job with the house is our next door neighbor i was just like <laughs> yeah my buddy bought it i'm helping him fix it up here a little bit and you know it's, it's good to go right like you're doing good stuff so um they were doing stuff very similarly they had just started their foundation they they got it rolling now they're doing really cool stuff That's super cool um so i was helping out with them and doing that sort of stuff there as well um you know helping out with events and you know, writing stuff for fundraisers and trying to apply for grants and stuff like that for them so yeah um yeah, it's just trying to find small ways to get involved in those small things, you never really know what that impact's gonna be.
5: Um, and, yeah, and would that be your I'd advice for them, students? Like just do all the small things and then focus on the small things and then look large big picture or what are they yeah, like? I mean, know? it's
6: the same stuff that I've told you guys in class too, is like, you know, you control what you can control. You know what I'm right. saying? So like in that moment I can control I can control this thing. And if I if that's where I want to attend my attention to and something that's important to me, which in particular with social justice and things we're talking about here, it's super important. Like, I can control that. I can control my time and my efforts to be able to to give to this thing, right? Um, you know, in that moment when some, like, we'll just use my mother for an example, um, and just because it's an easy one that's off the top of my head, right? Like, in that moment when we're having that conversation, like, this is a woman that grew up in, you know, in, in Stanford, Connecticut, who has a different worldview than I have. Like, she has a completely different, you know, upbringing for me. So her, her understanding of these things, in particular, her growing up in the 60s, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's completely different understanding of what I have. So being able to have a forthright and honest conversation with that, that's something small that I can control there that she's now making decisions out there and she's the person in the electorate that's getting focused on because she's a suburban white woman that they're going to focus on and target ads, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's small things, small things do make big differences. You don't necessarily know, you know, it's, it's those small things and things that you can control in that moment. Um, that really build up to bigger things. I can control this today, right? Right. Tomorrow I'll be able to control this, hopefully. But you know, I'll be able to make some progress on this thing to that end goal of what I want to get done. And small things, you know, it's like trying to go up, you know, going up between levels of of, of houses, right? You can't just like climb up it. You got steps, steps. Yeah, exactly. Steps, the steps of the small things, and they just build up.
0: Yeah,
5: got it. And especially with COVID right now, it's obviously outside of anybody's control. You gotta, yeah. And that's the thing that's just uh, that for You're me divorced. yeah for these past you
6: know six months uh, that for me has been the most challenging um because mm-hmm. i live in my own head to begin with which isn't necessarily a good thing <laughs> <laughs> but um you know it's it, it's giving it gives it's given time to I, I, like there's obviously there's a duality in life and there's good and bad and a lot of different things you know you can look and say um you know let's use the election of trump for example pissed off a lot of people, right? Right. You know, counter to that is that there are far more people civically engaged now than there were in 2015, 2014. Right. Right. That's fair. So it takes a lot of pain. And it has been very painful. And I think very objectively we could say it's been very painful in a lot of different ways. But um but like it's it's there is that duality, you know.
5: Yeah. Um, no one said change was easy.
6: Correct. And so like when you when we have this we're forced inside of our homes and forced to say, well, well let's just use the two couple big ones of this year. Right. Like, well, George Floyd had student, you know, kneel on his neck for nine minutes. Like that shouldn't happen. Brianna right. Taylor had a no knock warrant. And that, that the grand jury indictment was for what it was for wanton endangerment. Like I got that. I got that as a speeding charge. I got it as a speeding ticket <laughs> when I was in college. Right. Like it's, that's insane. It shouldn't happen. Yeah. So, um, it's just, it's oh, sweet, My new glasses came in. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's, it's COVID, the, um, but with, like, COVID's kind of forced us inside the house, and then you're forced to, rec- you're actually forced to deal with this, and um, I think I had this conversation with some students earlier in the year, is the fact that, like, we're no longer, fo- we, we can no longer run, right? Like, sports didn't start again, and this is a different discussion on eth- the ethics of being, of bringing sports back right now, but, like, sports didn't start back up again until July, and we're yeah. forced to actually have these conversations inside our own home, like, uh, like, there's nothing else that's going on. You're sitting on the couch board. You're boarding the house, house in the, in the house board. And, like, <laughs> I, you know, what else can I talk about? Well, you know, yes. there's this big national thing. Like, okay, well, all right, I guess I'm talking about either the fact that coronavirus is ravaging the entire country or the fact that, you know, we still have such systemic injustices that police can feel, the, the, feel as though they can lynch individuals and get away with it. Yeah. So it's um, – it, it's the duality um and I think there's a lot of people that have gotten a lot of good out of this year um it's just come with a lot of pain as a consequence yeah
5: for sure we definitely had I mean the summer we had so much more time I'm spending a ton more time than with my with my family than I would have ever spent with them that COVID not happened and that's kind of nice you know going off to college I'm not going to get to spend that much time with them going yeah. forward so it's kind of like a nice thing although it obviously stinks because COVID but yeah yeah, it's yeah definitely it's- been a bad
6: it's what makes it it's what makes the human condition so complex and why i like people and why i like studying people right in history mm-hmm. studying people and what people have done and so like there's just so much complexity and it makes it so fun to think about um like we were t- we were talking and i did the protest lesson with um with uh with classes yesterday and we were talking about stuff and it's just like we were talking about all right so how do you make change and then we kind of circled back to this thought and at the end, just to kind of wrap up, I'm like, the thing that makes this thing so difficult and so so difficult to talk about and so hard to think about is that there are so many things that are true at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are so many things that are true at the same time, and yet there's still something more out there, right? Like, yeah. it is true that, by and large, we know police are supposed to do their job and want to protect us, but we also know it's true that there's a lot of things that are influencing policing, right? Yeah. And some of them, very much not good we know that by and large most people want to be able to exercise their first amendment rights and protest safely and and get out there and shout and scream and say i'm 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 upset right and and you're going to know about it and there's also people that want to go and burn the whole thing down right and there's there's truth in reforming the system from within and there's truth from reforming the system from without and like there's so much that is true it it's it's makes what, it makes the progress more difficult because one truth becomes more prevalent than the rest, right? So for instance, like when a protest evolves, let's just use Minneapolis because it was more recent, we can talk about our city right. uh, back from 2015, but like, what it, it's it's very true for the protest there where it's like, all right, well, you know, all of those things are occurring and then now we're talking about the fact that we're rioting, right? And buildings are being burned and nobody in the right mind would be like, yeah, cool, that's a good idea, but like, there's something that got to that point and now we're going to use that point to distract us from the real issue, which is the thing that everybody was gathered about beforehand. So it's 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 been it's a, been a very a very trying time for thought and very and, and and by what I mean by that is not just like public discourse and public thought, but like everybody's personal thought.
5: Yeah, for sure
6: when it's trying to put all those pieces together. So
5: yeah, definitely a lot of quiet time to think and reflect a lot of books to be read a lot of <laughs> things
6: to think about a lot of ways that you can examine complicity and and how you try to make sure that you're living the life that you want to live and you're doing the things that you say that you're doing and you're actually doing those things and not just being performative you know what
5: I'm saying? Mm-hmm. yeah
6: so i got a sign wow. in my front yard and i'm doing that but i'm still gonna go over here and if i see a dude on the street that needs some money I'm not going to give it to him even if it's a book in my pocket, right? Like
5: right. It. Yeah, definitely a lot that has been done over these last 6 months and a lot that still can be done going forward. 100%.
6: 100%. Yeah, it's it's an everyday thing. Yeah. You know, you know we're continually trying to get more perfect and more better and, you know, perfection is unattainable, right? Like Yeah. Nobody's ever perfect, you know. There's, there's no perfect. I can't even think of a funny allegory like a funny you know, you get perfect out of that. There's nothing. There's yeah, every nothing... character's
5: flawed. Yeah, right.
6: Every character. Like look at all the great ones. You know, every great character's flawed. If we're gonna look religiously, right? Jesus Christ was flawed. You know, yeah. he died for our sins because humans are are flawed, right? And if, if we're gonna talk about Christianity and yeah. and you have all these other great characters in greek mythology that have their flaws oedipus
5: married his mom i mean
6: (laughs) yeah oedipus married his mom uh what's his face was just staring uh narcissus right i'm gorgeous baby just look at me right i mean achilles achilles quite literally has the achilles so like yeah Yeah. you know you 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 have flaws and when you run from your flaws i think it exacerbates the um the greater demons right the greater demons within humans Got to confront them um, head on. Yeah, and and they can snowball if you're not if you're not if you're not uh,
5: thoughtful enough,
6: or not not necessarily thoughtful enough. That's that's a poor way to put it. They'll snowball if you try to run from them and deny them.
5: Right. You have to look in the mirror, not fall in love with your reflection and then say, this is what I got to do with myself. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And a lot of times you find that you love yourself in spite of your flaws rather than yeah. because of them. Right. Or because of the things that you do well. Right. I know certain things I do well and I know I definitely know things I don't do well, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I got to go to sleep at night. And so like being able to find a way to, to make sure that I know that I can sleep with myself knowing that I have these flaws. I'm trying to work on these flaws. I think that's the the better the better way to look at it, rather than falling in love with the things that I do well and just disregarding my flaws. You know? mm-hmm. So and like, because you can kind of look at it. I know that you play sports, right? And like, it's it's kind of the same thing. The easy the easy comparison, the easy metaphor is going to be sports, right? Like, right. I knew I always had trouble on a like on a two strike count hitting a curveball, right? Just keeping my hands back, or just like I would I would get beat by fastballs, right? Because mm-hmm. I'd be sitting on like curveballs and changeups and just breaking stuff, right? So like easiest way to fix that is okay. I know how to, I know how I'm going to fix it. This is the way I'm going to go back and attack it. And like, there may be some days I get beat, but I've got a plan and I'm working on it. Right. There may be some days my flaws shine. Right. Personally, but like, I got a plan. I'm working on it.
5: Right. So well, it's kind of a, kind of a yeah. metaphor. And uh, going into baseball, I guess we can kind of segue into that. But you played baseball in college. I did. Right. Yeah. Um, Washington College. Yes, sir. It was a great day to be a shoreman. Right. So what, like, what was your experience like doing that? Like, I'm sure so many kids, I remember from the time I was young, I always dreamed of playing collegiate and pro- professional sports, which is professionals obviously not happening, probably not collegiate either, but what was that like? And, you know, what's your advice for kids who want to get recruited and go forward yeah. with that?
6: Um, I always just kind of kept playing cause I could. Mm-hmm. And I always just thought I'd keep playing until somebody said I couldn't play anymore or, yeah. So, um, started playing, you know, started playing, I played rec when I was seven. Right. And that's when I first started playing like organized baseball six, like seven, six, seven. Yeah. And then, um, they didn't do travel teams or anything for the seven year olds. They did them for eight year olds. Um, so I started there and then, um, I was pretty oblivious to what I was doing until I was probably like 12 13 like when i got to the big diamond 13 13 or 14 i was pretty oblivious to what i was doing i was just kind of playing and i just knew i liked to play baseball um i like to play um you know i played a lot so i was like oh well there's obviously a positive feedback loop here like i'm playing a lot i guess that must mean i'm good okay i'll keep playing great yeah um so um so yeah it was just one of those things it was uh, just kind of kind of oblivious to it and then as i started to get a little bit older and started to get into uh, middle school um you know the big separation I know you know this and you can kind of recall this is when you get to the big diamond right you get to the 90 footer and you're like all right well you know this kid was you know five nine and and six foot in the uh in the seventh grade and it's before he hit his growth spurt so he's just using his mask to like just huck a ball and doesn't know what he's doing (laughs) and like I was holding my own I was doing well right and then against the big diamond everybody everything starts to like even out and like okay so now like this ball that I was fisting off I have a little more time and like okay, I'm actually putting good and I'm actually getting good wood on a ball. I'm hitting a ball down the line for a double. Right. And like, i right. able to get, you know, just things started to fall into place. Um, high school, I was like, high school was kind of the same thing. It was just kind of like, all right, cool. I had expectations. I wanted to be, and I've always thought like, oh, I'm going to fill up this entire wall with trophies from the school. This is going <laughs> to be awesome. And then I realized like, I realized like the end of sophomore year, I'm like, yeah, you can't make promises to yourself like that. That's just <laughs> ridiculous, right? You're not going to be the savior. You watch all these, these things on, on the SPN, like by the time he finished, he filled up the trophy case. Like nah, that ain't it. <laughs> right. Like, you can't just plan to do stuff like yeah. that. And there's so many other things that are outside of that control. So um, kind of went back to, and then like junior year, um, junior year was the big year for me for like recruiting. I just, I was the, the team I was playing for this guy. This guy called me. He was just kind of like, Hey, like got a group of kids um we're gonna travel around the travel around regionally um play showcase tournaments push to play tournaments all over the place um you want in like uh sure he's like yeah cool come on to practice let me know if you think like all right cool so i came over and like i knew some of the kids i've been playing with and and we were all playing um excuse me and um and so we just started playing and having some fun that way and and you know one thing led to another there's some college coaches here some college coaches there uh guy says hey I fill out my questionnaire here or there and you know uh kind of works out that uh, just kind of get some attention that way and right. um i think i think the first time whack saw me i was at sports of the beach um and so they kind of kept in touch throughout the summer um kept in touch i was i was undecided where i wanted to go to school up until may one um i had always had this gnawing feeling that like whack was the place to be um
5: which is Washington College? Yeah, I is yeah. confused. Oh yeah,
6: sorry. Uh, Washington College, W A C, W A for Washington, C, WAC, Washington College. Um, so like I always felt like WAC was the place to be, and then um, I was time t- t- twenty between that and a couple others. Um, I got some letters late from some high division one programs, or it's not huge division one, some high division three programs,
5: such as. Um,
6: wash U in st. Louis mm-hmm. um, and I knew it was a very good school uh, my dad had never heard of it so dad's <laughs> like you're not going to st. Louis for school forget, forget that I'm like dad's kind of the Hopkins of the Midwest It's like a top 50 school he's like you're not going to st. Louis for school <laughs> all right fine I'm not going to st. Louis for school so uh, so there I got one from T uh, College New Jersey um, um, never got looks from Salisbury I didn't want to looks I didn't want looks from Salisbury um, but they're high up there a um, couple others in our conference I gave a quick look too. Um, uh, But yeah, I was trying to decide between whack Moravian college uh, in Bethlehem, PA Keene state, uh, which is in the little East. Um, They play in the same uh, conference as like Southern Maine. um, Mm -hmm. And they're usually up there. It's usually them and Southern Maine coming out of there. And usually they're one of those two is going to the supers each year. Um, Super regionals Um, right before the college world series. Um, yeah, I think I got a look from Shenandoah. Definitely got one from York.
5: And where'd you grow up again?
6: Um, I grew up in Bel Air. I was born in Maine, and then we moved down here when I was uh, when I was young. Got
5: it. Um, Bel Air High School.
6: Bel Air High School, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and, and so senior year, they just kind of kept in touch. Um, I was playing well. Um, I DH'd a lot my senior years. Did that. Caught a little. Played a little outfield, and then um, made the All Star the the, the the conference All Star game um and then yeah it was just that was kind of the thing i was just like all right cool i mean try to play ball and you know i couldn't really imagine life without ball at that point i was like all right, yeah i got this opportunity might as well try it yeah. i didn't i never like i always wanted to play professionally just like like you kind of said just for yourself like mm-hmm. never really thought of life without baseball and then gets college and had some fun with it so um first college practice i was pooping my pants <laughs> We're playing inter squads and it was a senior and i was i started school early so i started college at 17 and i had turned 17 maybe six months before we got, i got to college right my right. birthday's in december so i got you know turns i had just turned 17 and standing on the mound was this dude that was 22 years old <laughs> who uh, was just sitting 88 90 had a nasty slider and i was like okay this is cool and like i still hadn't finished my growth spurt yet like, <laughs> you're
5: like still growing um, at age 17 yeah
6: so they take us in we did work physical on the way in they're like okay cool you're five nine i'm like all right cool by the time i go home from freshman year of college at 18 i'm six foot i'm five i'm barely six feet tall i'm five i'm between between five eleven and six feet so like i'm six feet tall when i go home and, and uh from august to may i can groove four inches and it's just like okay you know, and like I never seriously lifted weights and stuff like that. Like I had done it and I had exercised, but like I didn't really I'm like. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go play sport to sport to sport. But yeah, yeah. Uh, through, I saw a curve, I saw a slider for the first time, and I buckled. I, I, I buckled. I absolutely <laughs> buckled. And <laughs> it came right across the middle. And the uh, the dude that was catching was like, "That's strike one." So like, are you serious? He goes, "Yeah." And everybody just kind of looked at me and was like yeah i'm like oh okay i actually have to like keep in now (laughs) and so like you just learn real quick you're like all right like you know i'm 17 and there's dudes on my team that there was a dude on my team that was 23 years old and i was just like you gotta beat my freshman i was like okay all right things times they are changing um but yeah it was it was just it became a lot of fun um i mean it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of hard work um
5: for sure how um, many hours a day are you putting in
6: Morning lift is usually hour and a half to two hours because you get your conditioning in there. Um, class, always have morning classes. You can go home, go back, take a nap. Um, my routine was always morning lift, team breakfast. My classes I always had right after, so i get breakfast, go to class. Um, i grab lunch on the way back to the dorm. I would take a quick nap. I'd wake up in time for, to watch Tom and Jerry <laughs> on Cartoon Network. I'd watch Tom and Jerry for about – I'd watch an episode of Tom and Jerry uh, uh, in season, i uh, go back, uh, go back down, uh, go back down, get ready for practice or whatever. Um, and go practice out of season early morning lifts, um, you know, lifts at 6am, you know, you're, right. you're lifting, you're running six to eight, um, class, all that. You still got papers to write. You still got homework to do. Um, you know, you're, you're giving up some of the college experience um it's not to say you don't get it but you get you it's a different college experience yeah um so it's kind of funny like to talk with like miss jones is uh, like she was in the sorority so like and she also went to she she went to towson university and i went to a small school and so it's just like that like the juxtaposition of our college experiences is funny so like when we've talked about it and we started dating she was just like oh yeah you know my sorority and we'd have you know a thing here or we'd have a thing there and be like oh <laughs> uh my saturday mornings i was usually up at 6 a.m because i'm getting on a bus to go play baseball and you know middle of nowhere pa or whatever right it's just like really Like, yeah we would have we'd go out we'd have our double header double header started at, at noon you know get to the field by 12 for beeps beeps io uh game at 12 double headers we played a seven and a nine and turn around and come home and you know leave at 6 a.m get home at 10 and that's just what it was so yeah, it's, it was a lot to put into it um it was i was very i'm very glad i I squeezed everything I could out of baseball. I think it's yeah. something I would have regretted if I didn't. For sure. Um, but I'm very glad I had it. Like it, it, it was, it was, I mean, it was just like anything else. Like it's it uh, like anything else with school. It's, it's, you got your commitment. You got to go for it and you can't half ass it. You got another, you know, 24, 25 guys depend on you. Um, so it was, it was a different, it was, I'm very glad I had that experience. Um, it set out that work ethic and it just, it, you really got to want it. You really got to want it. Yeah, it's so, definitely. So,
5: um, as far as different other, like, I'm sorry. I said, yeah, it's definitely a different creature when you get to college.
6: Oh yeah. And like, I only played like, you know, mediocre division three baseball, right? Like, yeah. Can I, I
5: played LSU. You
6: know? <laughs> oh yeah. Like those dudes don't see the light of day, man. Like they may like, it's, it's crazy. And um, as far as just like other general advice re- re- regarding with it, like, you know, as far as like sports are concerned, like somebody at some point is going to tell you you're either not good enough to play or you are not, you're too old to play. Right. It's one of those two things. Yeah. Um, in mine, in my situation, like I kept getting hurt. Um, mm-hmm. so like we, I, I came to like a mutual decision of like, all right, like I can sit here, re- rehab and, you know, try to get some innings here or there, or like, you know, you can, do whatever you want to do and you know that came like that was the fall of my senior year right uh, right before thanksgiving and i was just like you know what I, like i'm just so tired of being hurt like i'd rather like i don't want to take this you got this kid down here that's that's gonna take stuff like i don't want to take anything from him like to get four more months out of baseball when i got enough out of baseball what i already wanted um you know that'd be selfish so um so just kind of like realized like all right cool there's something else there and so, like, the one thing I was very happy that I had um, was I, there, I wasn't only, like, my life wasn't just baseball. I found I had, I had other hobbies, and I still have other hobbies. Um, they, like, there was something else for me, and, there, like, baseball was not the reason I went to Washington College. Like, right. it was helpful, but, like, and it was nice that I was getting recruited there. But, like, I also picked Washington College over those other schools I was getting recruited by because it's a really good school. And mm-hmm. so, like... I can go to a top 100 school in the country that has a great, has great history program. Um, You know, I had, I had enough academic money that it didn't hurt. Right. Um, Like all those things came together and like, there was more to me than just baseball. So there was, there was the, there was the intelligentsia side, right. There was the academic side. Um, Like, I mean, and you guys know this, that I've had me, like I love music and like going to concerts and, you know, going to concerts, listening to music. Who's your favorite um, artist? So, favorite artist, Dave Matthews Band. Dave
5: Matthews Band.
6: Has been since I've been 10. 10. And I know people like to give slander, especially the people that look like me, that like Dave Matthews Band out there. Like, yeah, bro, Dave Matthews Band. But I, I've been listening since I've been 10. So <laughs> uh, kid I play, a kid I grew up with, um, played ball with growing up, his, uh, his parents were listening to him. And like they drove me to a lot of baseball games because um, they were both teachers, actually. And they were home in time to take us to all our games, and so like they just would listen to Dave all the time, and like it just grew on me. And yeah, yeah. So, right. um, so my my uh, overarching advice with it for anybody that's trying, and this is what I've said to anybody, and will say again and again and again, is just make sure that you have a like sports end at some point, right? Like, you, Tom Brady is out here somehow at forty three; he still looks <laughs> like hot basura right now. Drew Brees looks super cooked, But, Like. There's gotta be Michael Michael Thomas is out, so (laughs) there's still he looked rough Monday night, bro. Look, yeah, but there's still there's still gonna be another career for them, right? Like, they're 40 years old,
5: only sports broadcasters like Tony Romo,
6: yeah. And like, but there's still another career, like, yeah, he's breaking down the game, but he's still got to use and still has to like communicate and do all, all of this, that, the third, that's not necessarily involved in sports exactly. um, or that is playing the game. That is right. Like there's something outside and you will be not playing the game at some point in your life for money. Right. Or for mm-hmm. that next step or that that next carrot, if you will. So um, just be prepared for whatever comes next. And that was uh, that was something that became more clear to me. Um when I was in college. So I, I, I had a couple of scouts came, come through. And my dad like snapped me back. There was like a week where I'm like, forget all of this. I'm dropping out. I'm going and I'm taking that offer. And <laughs> my dad's like, well, you didn't listen to him. I was like, what? He's like, you said they're collecting information for the draft. It's, it's baseball. So you can't get drafted for another two years, if that. And they're really going to draft you third year out of a D3 school. Oh, make sure you're prepared for what you want to do next. Like, I'm not stopping you, but just make sure you're prepared for what you want to do next. Oh, Yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. So,
5: right. Make sure you're prepared for whatever comes next. Got it. That's good advice. And you, you coached for before you came to School, You coached at St. Michael's. Yep.
6: Yep. I coached. uh, So when I got when I was in grad school, I coached a little bit. um, Coached some ten year olds, and that was fun with my buddy Colin, like I mentioned before. Right. Um, That was just that was just wild and reckless. They left us in charge of ten year olds. I was learning (laughs) a whole lot um thankfully I did not get thrown out of any games it was not a (laughs) result of it was not a result of player performance or anything like that I did not recognize or remember this is what I was not prepared for in coaching 10-year-olds I was not prepared for like after the first game like a kid got hit by a pitch and cried and I was like and then dad pulled me inside he's like they're 10 dude oh yeah (laughs) I forgot about that (laughs) I was like okay so you get used to that and they were fine they were great kids absolutely loved them they had a blast and we had a blast. It was super fun. Um, when I went, uh, my first job teaching was at St. Michael's middle high school over on the shore. Um, and, uh, lucky enough to walk into a situation where they had a lot of pieces in place and they were really close to my first year teaching. They made it to state semis, um, and lost there. And then we were just loaded, uh, year two, cause I taught two years there. Um, there we were loaded second year.
5: Yeah.
6: Um, so, um, we went i helped out and so like i was kind of split right like for whatever reason my principal wouldn't let me leave school early to take the bus like whenever we left early so like i was technically with like the J V kids because i had had those kids the year before in eighth grade and they were now in ninth grade and so like that way i could kind of transition them in there get them used to the program this at the third so um for whatever reason they wouldn't let me leave early so like the games that were like close and by close on shore standards i mean with them like you know normal driving distance, you know, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I could, um, I would go and leave school right away and go to those away games for the JV. If not, I was going to varsity home games. So, like, when they went to, like, uh, Decatur, um, Stephen Decatur High School is in... Down Berlin. Ocean City? Yeah, in Berlin, right outside Ocean City. And so, like, when they went to Decatur, like, I was like, yeah, dude, Decatur. Like, I, I'm going to go help out varsity here. Go run the scoreboard. We'll take take the books, start pitches, do something. And like, okay, cool. Because we used to... There was only one field. So you practice all together jv we would go off to the side for a second and then well you know like we'd go off to their side varsity go off their side work what they needed to and there's usually some sort of you know combined thing at the end um they do a really great job of building community and building program and that was right. really, it was really really cool um so then after jv season um the athletic director there his name is brian femi um he is also the head baseball coach um and so you know i'd you know, I'd, had lunch with him a lot during the days because he was a gym teacher and stuff too uh phys ed excuse me phys ed and health teacher and stuff too and um so uh he always he's, we have lunch you know once a week twice a week or whatever and so you know throughout we throughout all of this he was like yeah you know like once playoffs start like you know you'll just stay with us it'll be cool like we'll find you know we'll find we'll find room we'll find room to help you out yeah. or to, for you to help out and like yeah all right cool so uh usually in game um for playoffs, those chart pitches and stuff. So um yeah, got real lucky um walking into that too because uh that year too. Um that year two uh we uh we won state championship and that was a, that was a lot of fun. That was really cool. Um
5: you got the ring to prove it? I do. It's upstairs. Well, this isn't a video podca- podcast podcast oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I don't they wouldn't see it anyways. But maybe we can uh, we can link it. This will be a good time to plug the Instagram page. You can follow us at Pikesville Podcast. That's P A W D C A S T, and uh, maybe the little promo for this will be a picture of Mr. Lambert's ring, so you all can oh, look at yeah. that if you follow. It's, us. it's it's heavy. It's heavy, man. Um, yeah, was, yeah, it was really cool. We um,
6: yeah, there was there was one game that I was nervous about in that entire stretch, or two actually. Beating uh, – we played uh, Snow Hill to get out of region. Um, And that one was a little tough because they had a kid who either got drafted or went to, Lake Miami. forget. This kid that was there was real good. Real Mm. good. And then um, we played uh, Patterson-Mill in the state semis, which, ironically enough, is where my brother went to high school.
5: Right. That's right in Bel Air.
6: Yeah. And his – that that school opened up. Um, I was not districted. I was supposed to go to obviously there, but because my brother went there, but I was not districted. My brother's younger than I am. Um, but the way they started that, uh, I was a senior when it opened. Senior, senior, I think senior. Senior when it opened, and um, and they uh, I was not districted to go. They started off with sophomores. My brother was a sophomore, so they start off with sophomores, junior, uh, sophomores, freshmen, and then it was the middle school. Um, so, but their, uh, their head coach was, uh, my middle school gym teacher and he got the job there and, uh, he was, I think he's still there. Um, and I just, I really wanted to win that game cause, um, I was not a fan of him. So it's <laughs> pretty funny. Just one of those sports grudges that, that has no rational basis, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like when you're watching the, watching the game, you know, like, I just don't like the cut of that guy's jib. I just yeah. don't like the way he plays. The game of basketball i don't like the way he plays baseball i just don't like the way like he walks around i just don't like it and it, it, it was i just didn't like the cut of that guy's jib so <laughs> it's yeah.
5: pretty funny yeah well, so, sp- that was the one i really wanted we got that one i was just super happy about that and oh yeah yeah so, yeah super cool well speaking of rings if you've got a fiance? i don't know if you want to talk about that on here i can give you a little bit i'll tell you if i want a little bit I'll give all you right
6: i'll give you what i can
5: so how, like how'd you guys meet where'd you meet
6: so we met in grad school where uh i went to loyola university maryland for grad school mm-hmm. so i looked at a few others and i tried to find what was most cost effective um because there's not a lot of extra money to go around for grad school people know yeah. more about you know getting people undergrad money and if you have like grants and stuff it's for like big time stuff um for like you know doctorals and stuff and i was just getting a master so um yeah we met in matt we met in our grad program um We actually took a class together our first semester, didn't meet each other. Uh, It was a hybrid class I met on Saturdays. We met each other the first week of the second semester um, in a methods class. And we played Mm. a game together. Yeah,
5: this is like straight out of the movie.
6: It was because she says that she saw me and I looked cute and she came to sit next to me and I did not have hair at that time. so (laughs) I was still out here. Just stunting on everybody, um, and somehow she picked my dumb-looking butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we played a game, and this this kid that was there who was not picking up what I was putting down. I was trying to trying to trying to holler at her, and he was not picking up what I was putting down. It was killing me. So
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did uh, you guys get engaged? Got engaged
6: of October of last year. Uh, yeah, October twelfth, and I know so about you know, a year ago. Yeah, about a year ago. Um, so we got engaged October twelfth, which ironically is an, uh, my aunt's uh, wedding anniversary, um, and she's actually going to be the one that marries us, which is pretty cool. Um, have cool. Um she's really she's she's probably uh, the like the aunt that I'm closest with, mm-hmm. um, and so she uh, she lost her husband real young, and she hasn't been remarried. Um, so, so I, I think it's kind of nice. It's important to her to, to be involved and get her something to be involved with. Yeah. And, um, she's important to me in my life. So, uh, and Miss Jones really loves her. So, kind of works out everything. But, Super um, cool. yeah, we were supposed to go on a date when I moved back across the bridge. Cause I'm, so I moved back across the bridge for her, um, and for opportunities here. It's kind of one and the same. Um, she was an opportunity, you know, to make myself happy and whole. Um, right. so r- jumped at it. And, um, she was not she did not want to come across bridge like every time I go back to see friends like she uh, we went back we went back about this time last year uh, to go see friends and um, to see some of my friends and um, we got stuck in beach trapping way back she wanted to stop at the coffee shop on the way out and she's like oh yeah we'll get there at 10 we'll be fine I'm like you sure you want to leave then yeah <laughs> you sure you want to leave then yeah we sat on Kent Island for no word of a lie like an hour and a half two hours and it was just miserable and she Jeez. was spitting mad spitting mad. so um jokes on her she loves me <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were supposed to go on a date to um to fort mckinney right when i moved back across the bridge and um i did not look up at the hours because i had just moved back to the city so i'm like everything's open past six o'clock it ain't <laughs> it ain't easton anymore bro like it's it's open and uh fort mckinney closes at five uh Ooh your information in case anybody listening needs to know and um that did not happen that day so uh i kind of gave it away and um i kind of gave it away and told her we were going there and and for something just like it's a nice day let's go down there and i had um i had actually been in touch with alina feinberg and got her to take pictures for me Mm -hmm. and so like alina was there and i thought i saw alina behind a tree and i got down on the knee too soon Um, oh yeah but here's even funnier part before you left the apartment the ring fell out of my pocket
5: that's, that's bad yeah it's
6: awful so pants I was wearing the pockets were really shallow and I was sitting on the I was sitting on the uh sitting on the couch just nervous as sin right and the ring fell out of the pocket and I was getting up and I was gonna we were you know we, we were meal prepping or something it was a Saturday morning so we we're meal prepping or something and um just getting stuff together so we don't have to worry about it later that week and whatever weekend or whatever so I'm over in the kitchen and we were living in Hamden at the time and then we uh was a one-bedroom apartment and it was like this big like kitchen and, and living room like combined type thing right and so i'm overstanding by that and so she's walking through and around and she goes hey go uh go put the computer away because it's like so like our com- like computer was on the coffee table right next to the couch or something like that i was like okay cool so i walked over grabbed the computer put it back uh put it away or whatever didn't recognize i went back to the uh went back to the kitchen she was uh can you just fix the pillows And i'm like oh, are yeah, you absolutely kidding me okay the pillows really what's wrong with the freaking pillows like what's wrong with the pillows they're in the order that you want them <laughs> like, what's wrong with the pillows so yeah yeah just just fix them like they're not fluffed, just fluff and make them look nice come on john just make them look nice okay fine so I walk over i'm like oh no it rings on the couch this is terrible <laughs> i'm like well i'm in it anyway here we go all right let's do it let's do it and so uh so get down there do it all that fun stuff take pictures um the big surprise was um i would arranged for my family and her family to be at a restaurant that night and so the big surprise like i figured she'd figure it out like she's not dumb um so she uh so the big surprise was getting her uh getting her family at um at the restaurant without us seeing because the restaurant Mm -hmm. that we picked um was have you ever heard of wakuchara
5: yeah i feel like i've eaten there before actually this is like a peruvian place maybe
6: it's Spanish. It's like, uh, it's like, um, it's like a bass place, a Spanish place. It's like, um, do you know where, like the metal, do you know where, know where like the metal mill squash club is? No, uh, it's in Woodbury. It's like, it was right next to where we used to live. Right. Um, like right, uh, right there. And it's like right next to like uh, TB Hill, right? Like right next to like WJZ, right next to like uh w- oh, yeah, I know where that is. it's like in that neighborhood, right? Like we used to yeah. live in the, the neighborhood next to it. So um so we were like walk. So I had made reservations there and so I'm like, all right, cool. We have reservations here tonight after I did it. We have reservations here tonight, cool. So we um did this thing. So I I, I arranged it where I, you know, that's the time we're getting there. They're getting they're telling me they're getting there that, that time. And so like we got back home, you know, she's making the calls, trying to figure out and tell everybody like, oh my God, we're engaged. And, um, and, well, she was obviously not speaking, she's probably speaking that fast, but she was really excited. So, um, I mean, I was too, but um, <laughs> I still have one more card to play. I'm not trying to, you know, play the cards too soon. Exactly. So we go up and, you know, we uh, walk up to uh, the Avenue in Hamden, just take a quick walk and um, yeah. head up back to the restaurant. And the thing was like the main drag to get to the restaurant was going right by our apartment. So I'm, 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 you know, inside my head, I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to see it. They're going to see it. They're going to see it. They're going to see her. And she's going to see them. And, and and this whole surprise is going to be ruined. Right. And this is the bigger surprise of like the two of the entire day. Oh god. So I get her off. We get away. They don't, we don't see him. We end up walking back. I walk into the restaurant. I'm like, yeah. Uh, so I have one more surprise for you, babe. Yeah. Yeah. Come with me. And just, we watch like walking past the maitre d and he's like, maybe he was like you, you you good i'm like yeah all those people are there for me he goes oh, okay cool yeah i got you and just i was just like straight power move just straight power play <laughs> and i'm like i'm either gonna get like have to explain myself and ruin everything or this is gonna be the most baller move ever pulled my entire life all those people there are for me thank you very much and just kept walking
5: i'm the president you will do as i say
6: <laughs> and so i was just like yeah like i'm the man around these parts tonight <laughs> and uh and so we walked in she was super surprised um so that was pretty cool yeah that's cool
5: yeah. when's the wedding
6: um, june 5 of so this june, coming yeah. year yeah and we had set that like like last thanksgiving which is very you know it was nice um had to deal with some of that this summer cutting down numbers trying to think of the safe way to do it and make sure that we can still celebrate and see family and stuff so right. yeah. some of it's like trying to prognosticate and looking at news you know yeah. like well can we can't we is i'm hoping that Google by then
5: covid should be fairly under control we'll hopefully see, but... hopefully i mean we're all gonna be
6: inside our homes you know all winter anyway so maybe that will help keep everything down yeah um just keep wearing masks y'all
5: yeah wear masks psa
6: yeah wear masks. mask if you can't social distance in particular inside like try not to eat inside at restaurants like because that's been the big one right
5: yeah i work at a restaurant please don't eat inside there it's oh, eat outside where are, you, where
6: are you working right now
5: uh, i'm working in the quarry yeah, at la food marketa okay is it good yeah it's awesome
6: okay i've been meaning
5: to go there i'll go and maybe eat
6: outside when you're working or wait until i can go and be able to eat inside and not have to worry about it
5: tuesday friday saturday you can find me there (laughs) (laughs) between the hours (laughs)
6: of. well i guess if you gave the hours now people want to be able to go because like this is being released in the future so like
5: it's true i don't know things could change between now and then well
6: if it's a standard schedule then yeah i guess you gotta gotta wait that what are you uh, are you running foods are you uh you waiting or what are you doing
5: uh running foods and busing
6: oh yeah Oh, god bless you son that is yeah that's god's work yeah busing's tough but i like miss jones has this fervent belief and i've worked in very like i've worked in various forms like i worked at camps growing up worked at the ripkin camps growing up too so it's kind of this same sort of thing like working in retail for other people like changes people yeah because you got to deal with like humanity. And as, we talked <laughs> up, and as we talked about at the beginning, humanity isn't necessarily the best at all times. So, correct. It definitely helps you with people skills. Good on you, brother. Yeah. Good on you.
5: All right. So, we're almost at the end of our time. But let's see what else. So, you said you want a geography be in fourth grade? Oh, yeah, I did. So, are you a big geography buff or was this just a fourth grade thing like are you still a big geography buff or i mean if i get a map like usually
6: when i watch sports games and they say where people are from i look at the map to see what it's near and i look right. at maps a lot i like looking at maps maps are fun
5: me too yeah, I'm maps a, are super
6: dope i'm a big geography guy myself so i love it yeah no i was uh, i just did it on a whim and then i stopped studying and then when i realized i actually wanted to do the state b it was too late and i missed it by a point because i wasn't doing what i was supposed to so, mm-hmm. I guess egg on my face. I just did it because, like, they said to do it. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll do it. And, yeah, I won the geography. Beat. I was the uh, youngest person in my school to ever win it. And then, as of right now, I um, hate talk. Like, it sounds like I'm blowing myself up. But, like, that's, that's <laughs> what they told me. So, I don't know what to tell you. And then um, the next year, like, they only allowed the fourth and the fifth graders to do it, like, to, to like, watch in the gym. Mhm. The next year they expanded it to the the entire the 3rd, the 4th and the 5th. And my brother was going to be in 3rd grade that year. And I waited until and they gave me an exemption because I had already won, I didn't qualify. They're like, "Yeah, you want to go do it?" And then I lost in the finals. I just wanted to do it and win it in front of my win it for my brother and show him that I could win it again. Like the day before and I came in second. I can still tell you what I won it on in 4th grade though. What did you win it on? So they had just this was in 90 Sounds like a Yugoslavia question to me. East Timor. (laughs) The country of East Timor had just uh, been uh, just seceded from Indonesia on the island Uh of Borneo or Papua New Guinea. And they had wanted to know uh, the name of the country that had just been, uh, just been created. And I was like, yo, did you give them the French?
5: Did you give them the French or the English?
6: English. My my dad can speak French. I can't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just know when they're mad at me. Um, I just know when he's mad at me. Um, yeah, no, it was East Timor was what it was. And I was like, yeah, cool. It was the first time I ever spoke on a microphone, too. And I was like, oh, my God, this is weird. <laughs> it's, <power. laughs> it's like just this out-of-body experience. Yeah, like, I mean, you've spoken on them a couple times, right? Like, it's an yeah, it's out-of-body really experience the first weird. time you hear
5: it. <laughs> it was pretty wild.
6: Um, but yeah, no, I, I want geography being important. That was super fun. And so, like, now I just kind of, like, look, at, I still like looking at maps. Yeah. AP Human, I think, was one of my favorite classes in high school that was super cool well if you want
5: a crazy map to look at search up it's called barl hertog b-a-r-l-e dash it's this little section near the border of netherlands and belgium Yo. and the borders there are just insane there's like little enclaves that are like the size oh my of my god a it's
6: road. separated and stuff too i forget the name of that stuff, but like it's, it's like Flem- um, it. It says it's Flemish. But it's enclaves within
5: enclaves. It's ridiculous.
6: Oh my god! Yeah, because like, because I, I, aren't the Flemish are like semi-autonomous within Belgium?
5: I'm not sure.
6: I just know that you can speak. I know this.
5: This. This thing. This specific map was a World War II creation, like post World War II creation, I believe. That sounds about right. But yeah.
6: Yo, yeah, because it is right on the border of the Netherlands and in, in Belgium. Yo, that's wild.
5: It's crazy. Everyone else should look it up as well as...
6: B-A-A-R-L-E hyphen H-E-R-T-O-G. Yo, this thing's wild. Yeah. This is I like could... when you walk down the sidewalk and you got like two puddles on the side, like <laughs> side by side and you're splitting them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it looks like two puddles.
5: <laughs> yeah, this it's crazy. There it must be 30 x exclaves within like a mile of each other. Oh my
6: other. God, yeah, I know. And then like there's w- like one of the two has it looks like it has it's there it goes around, there's a hole in the middle of
5: it yes yeah, an exclave within an exclave it's like yeah. netherlands within belgium within netherlands <laughs> i'm not sure what they were thinking but I and then right now during covid right now during covid there's covid restrictions so at the beginning of covid there were restrictions in belgium that weren't the same in netherlands so people who were in one like couldn't go to a bar that was down the street like it was God, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be on Wikipedia about that all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: No, I, uh, Sporkle games are fantastic. I'm a big fan. I, like do it. I love Sporkle. God, I love Sporkle. Um, Sporkle is fantastic. Um, yeah. That's S
5: P O R C L E. For those of you who are curious.
6: Yeah. I, I liked using those as like brain jogs, uh, in uh, like for AP classes, those are super fun. Yeah. Um, and then you get people that play in the entire class they're just kind of wild <laughs> but there's so much fun yeah no i'm super duper looking at this thing later oh my god this is hysterical i'm trying to think of any other wild maps yeah there's you some more st michael's on a, a field trip uh, to the maritime museum and walk him through town yeah and uh and to be able to uh, to to be able to um have them do boater safety and one of the things with boater safety is learn how to read maps but nautical maps are called charts and that's not necessarily as fun or f- as funny as i had intended it to be not fun, but I'm standing by it.
5: <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate you coming today. I'm sure we, we have a lot of stuff. <laughs> not all of that is probably going to make it on there because hey, it'll be all right. We'll figure it out. And if but... you want
6: to return guests, I'm here. We can talk about more wild stuff. I got I'm happy from... to do so. You were you guys excellent. Were... You guys, know, you guys like hearing stories, apparently. So, if yeah. Ezra's listening, Ezra, if you want me to come back, and is Ezra a part of this?
5: Uh I don't think so.
6: Ah, Ezra likes why I like tomatoes, and he like has me tell that story all the time. I can tell that another time.
5: Yeah, I mean, you What's can team? tell it now. I was, I was going to have you tell your best story right here at the end of the. Really? Yeah, I was. That was, was going to be my closer. I was going to have oh, you tell the best story. You I do go have good
6: ones, but the, the reason why I like tomatoes is super petty, and that's I think my favorite story to tell.
5: I think I recall it from
6: freshman year. but Oh, man, it's a good one. So uh, I, I'll try to make it short, simple, sweet, because Miss Jones wants to do yoga and have dinner, and she's yelling at me, too. So, <laughs> All right, so I like tomatoes. The reason why I like tomatoes is that the girl I dated in college did not like tomatoes. This would seem to be a contradiction. However, it is because she also liked to take bites of my food and take large bites of my food. My greatest character flaw, as I teased earlier, is that I do not share food very well, like <laughs> at all. I got the food that I wanted. That is the principle in the hill in which I am willing to die. I got this food because I wanted this food. If you wanted this food, you should have ordered this food. <laughs> That's the way I feel it. So um, she used to take big, big bites of my food. And it was just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, like, I, it would drive me absolutely bad. So uh she grew up on long island and so like in the summers we'd go up there and like if you know anything about long island they got nice delis they got really good sandwiches right. and so she was taking very large bites of my sandwiches when we go out to these wonderful delis and i was very upset it's on principle i don't mind sharing food but like again i got that food because i wanted that food what if i want that bite back like maybe it's just that good i want that <laughs> bite back right so i started to put i i, I knew i would eat tomatoes on sandwiches so i put tomatoes on my sandwich and she started to get, bites started to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And so she started to eat around and around them, around. And then she eventually stopped biting my sandwiches and eating my sand, like taking bites out of my sandwich altogether. And I started <laughs> to eat tomatoes, you know, like tomato, tomatoes, like uh, like tomatoes with moths, like caprese salads and stuff like that. Yeah. I started eating tomatoes other ways. And so now I like tomatoes, and I am marrying somebody else that is not that woman. So hey. And you heard it here
5: first. That is why Mister Lambert likes tomatoes
6: because some girl i dated hated them and i like food and i am petty well, about food about food only <laughs> not about other things as you know just about food
5: that's not just the worst that's not the worst character flaw to have
6: i just like food man i like to eat <laughs> i understand that i understand uh, hopefully that makes it that'll be good
5: yeah all right well thank you to mr lambert for coming on today we enjoyed that Follow us on Instagram and uh, yeah, we'll be back for more content later. Heck yeah. Follow it. Like the pod. Do it.
0: A special thank you to Mr. Lamberg and bernie McMichaels for joining our first episode. Thank you to Garnett Jackson for creating the original music for our podcast. Follow him on Instagram at I- L-L-T-R-K-Z. We will be back in a few weeks with a new episode, and we hope that you join us again. Stay possum.